0: You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee. And get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth Insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well... We've got sit-down comedy. It's time for coffee with a dog. You make me laugh. I do, do. I make me laugh. I'm laughing at myself right now. Ha ha ha! I'm off the a little bit. I tell you, it definitely helps to plug your headphones in. It definitely helps. Things get louder that way. I mean, all the way. In. You know. You know what I mean? See, today's Tom Sawyer so knows exactly what I mean. Good morning, folks. It is Thursday, August seventeenth, and I got some some things going on with the boys, What do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, Thursday, August seventeenth. Beautiful day out. Is it a beautiful day out, or am I lying? I think I am lying. Well, I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. Scott, the bass player, would like you to know, would like me to acknowledge that at least he showed up. And there's a couple of, the most important word there is least. At least he showed up. Um, Monday, I guess it was, recapping the weekend, I explained that Scott wasn't feeling well on Friday night's gig. Was it Friday? I don't know. A recent gig and uh i was and it was be nice to scott night and, and i was not being nice to him and uh he didn't have a problem with anything he said or I said he didn't have a problem with anything i said but he probably had a problem with something i said but he wanted me to acknowledge that at least he showed up and yes he did show up so i'm acknowledging yes that he, he at least showed up at least here's the thing uh the show would have gone on. We, we even without a bass player. We have done gigs without bass players, but the show would go on. But I would, I would consider that like leaving, a, leaving a marine behind. You know, you don't do that. And here's a, <laughs> no matter how sick you are, because here's the thing: it, it behooves you to get to the gig, no matter how how sick you are. And believe me, I know this. Music is healing, and that's the real thing that I want to talk about because you could tell yourself and I tell myself even when I'm feeling good that I don't want to go to the gig but when you start playing music at least if if it doesn't suck and you're not dealing with subs who are just totally fucking lost and and stressing out with you know the band sounds like shit if you can make music it will make you feel better no matter how sick you are um years ago. Oh god, forty five years ago now. Uh, somewhere like that. Andre Segovia was like uh, a million years old. A million years old. He was uh he was around when life first crawled out of uh the muck. Uh he was I saw him went to see him at Westbury Music Hall and he was a million years old. And he had he had two girls carry him, literally carry him Onto stage and put him in his seat. He was like an old, dying old man. They literally put him in his seat. Went and got the guitar. Put the guitar in his hands. Put his hands on the guitar. I'm on a neck and a you know ready to pick because he's a kind of a picker, a picker. Uh, and I watched him come to life. The minute that guitar was in place, he went out, came back to life, did a 90-minute show, and then died again. But not literally died, but he went back. The girls had to take the guitar out of his hand and carry him off stage. But for that 90 minutes, he was alive. He was full of life. He wasn't feeling sick. About seven years ago, I had another, and I've had many times where I've gone to gigs with, uh, really bad back i've had a bad back i've got no disc left in in l3 l4 and very little in l5 in my vertebrae so i've had some really bad backs and um so about seven eight years ago now i guess it was i had a real uh tough battle with sciatica and if you've ever had sciatica it's fucking torture folks it's fucking torture Uh, and it could come in degrees i guess but for me it you know it never goes away i still have it now of course because i have not had a back surgery and stuff but the excruciating pain you're in and i could basically not get out of it was all i could do to sit down sit up i couldn't lay down in a lot of cases and my bed was just a torture chamber and we had gigs it was a very busy summer of gigs cedar beach all the beaches along the south shore of long island uh and the hamptons constantly like seven nights a week and, or six nights a week or five nights a week something like that anyway uh to get out of the chair to get in the, the car or van to drive to the gig was was it took me a half hour just to get from the chair into the van, and I, I would have to go really early, and like really kind of. I, at the, on those days, I had a um, a cabinet that was on wheels, and I would put stuff on the wheels. But i it was torture. I'm, I'm like crawling the equipment into to get it on the stage, and like almost tears coming down my face in pain, in uh, brutal, excruciating pain five nights a week and i would get there early set up my equipment and then lay down on the stage like a dead man until the gig started and i would oh every night i thought i want to just sit in a chair I'm, uh, if i can get in a chair i could get through the gig and i'd be put in a chair and we'd start playing and within three minutes of we start playing i'm out of the chair i'm standing up and i'm feeling no pain for the four-hour gig that we would play and then i knew it was like uh adrenaline i knew that i had about 30 to 45 minutes after the gig ended to still be feeling healed music healed me but then it would come back and i would be a cripple again so i had that 30 to 45 minutes to get the stuff in the van and get me in the van get me situated in the van so that i could drive and then do it all over again the next day but the healing power of music so for anybody out there if you're ever so sick that you're thinking i'm just not going to show up the reason you should show up is for yourself because it will make you feel better if you can get into the mindset of i just got to get through this i got to play music I'm telling you music will heal you and and some people might be skeptical of that like well, i've gone off the deep end now Cause that sounds like a new age kind of no, it will heal you, not not heal you permanently. You know, listen, no matter what you got, you're still going to have to deal with it eventually, but it will get you through four hours of your life, uh, and a little bit more, uh, before the sickness or pain or whatever you have, whatever you're dealing with comes back. So, you know, it's. I get it, man. I get, like, you you don't want to go. Every night I don't want to fucking go, no matter if I'm sick or I feel fine. Last night was no different. Uh, Just taking a shower before time to leave, I got, it's a long drive for me. It's an hour and probably about, probably an hour and 20 minutes to get to where the gig is from where I am. And just taking a shower before that. i just kept telling myself i don't want to do this i don't like the place the place is too fucking big it's, it's gonna feel empty it's gonna be no energy there working with a sub it's gonna be a mess uh, blah, blah. And, and this place is uh notorious for when you start the gig you're in brutally hot sunshine usually <laughs> it's in the middle of the summer and uh, you, you're out exposed to the sun. you're just standing there in the hot sun not fun it's an energy draw. uh so i was telling myself the whole gig that and but then i got there the gig did not suck i mean we all made our share of boners boners i didn't have a boner i can't play with a boner i can't maybe that's why i made mistakes that's what i wanted to say mistakes you know it wasn't the tightest gig in the world let's put it that way but it didn't suck it didn't suck anywhere near to the extent that I had built it up. Now, I get that every fucking gig I play. I don't. I don't want to go, but you gotta go. You just gotta go. Uh, good morning, Bean. Bean's in the chat room. Let's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Bean is back. She says, "Always show up." Yeah, well, that's ninety percent of life, right? Somebody said that. It's showing up. So, Scott is uh, a little upset. He wants me to acknowledge. And now, here's the thing. Somebody asked me the other day, who why do you call him Scott the bass player? That makes it sound like he's part of a, a whack pack, like Howard Stern. You're trying to be Howitzer. Speaking of being. Yes, I am trying to be Howard Stern. No, um, <laughs> um, <sighs> I know. I call him uh, Scott the bass player. First of all, he's not a bass player. He's a guitar player who's playing bass with us because that was the only position available. <laughs> um, So he's Scott the bass player, but you know what? It keeps a little bit of anonymity. I'm not going to name him, uh, because especially when I'm bad-mouthing him like I was, I'm not going to give you his first and last name. It's just easier to refer to him as Scott the bass player. Um, So somebody asked, why do I call him Scott the bass player? I'm not trying to be a a whack Packer or a Howard Stern. I I am trying to be a Howard Stern wannabe in in other regards, but not in that regard. (laughs) Does that make any sense at all? so I hope Scott feels better now that I am. No, that at least he showed up. And he showed up last night, too. And he wasn't really complaining, except he did complain a little bit about that, uh, what I said about him the other day. Even though he said he wasn't complaining about it, it's okay. You're allowed to complain about it. I don't give a shit. But this morning he called me a dick, and that's not nice. That's not nice. I can call myself a dick, but you can't call me a dick. That's not nice. Got to be nice, right? We have to be nice. Do we have to be nice? I'm telling you. Be nice. Uh, Robert Taylor will be here, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, um, and I don't have uh, a guest, you know, another guest book today, because I'm, Robert at this point is a uh, frequent contributor. He's not considered a guest anymore. He's a frequent contributor. He has keys to come and go as he pleases. So you're not a guest when you give you the key to the house, right? You're, uh, maybe you are, I don't know. What the fuck do I know? It's early and my voice is fucked up. You hear my voice being fucked up. <clears throat> but that whole thing, I just want to recap on this whole thing. The not wanting to go to a gig. i it happens almost and but listen, you can't finish the sentence. Uh it happens almost every gig. And the best gigs, sometimes the best gigs, usually the best gigs, for me is when I tell myself it's gonna suck. And I get there, and it doesn't suck. Not only doesn't it suck; sometimes it's it's good. We need the full band with no subs to feel good. You know, when it feels tight, when when it feels uh, wet and tight. Oh, by the way, I was thinking of. Uh, oh, I can't. I can't go there yet. <laughs>
1: <I can't. laughs> I'm lost, man. I'm lost.
0: Um, I'm looking for my coffee. It's right down here because the mic is hiding it bradley cooper you know about the outrage with bradley cooper he's playing leonard bernstein in a movie called maestro and he had a prosthetic nose put on uh which is not as big as my nose look how fucking huge my nose is uh and there's a picture that I posted on my Facebook wall. It's like a memory. I you know, repost a memory of a FaceTime call that I was making with Ralph. But my face is prominent in the, in the photo, really prominent, like right up here. And you can tell my nose a lot more slender than it is right now. It's like, you know, your nose never stops growing. Even after you're dead, your nose keeps growing for a while. My nose is definitely accelerating. If I look at <laughs> <laughs> pictures of myself when i was 18 my nose was quarter of the size that it is right now oh what, what was that blink like what i shouldn't talk about oh uh, uh but bradley cooper has this fake nose that he called jew face uh put on his jew face well people are upset about that and of course you're gonna be because people want to be upset about anything but Tony fields you know who Tony fields is she was on the Mike Douglas show <laughs> forty five years ago. And uh Gene Simmons from KISS was the guest. Or was it another guest? And they I those days they had panels and the celebrities stayed there. And Gene Simmons was in uh excuse me, in full KISS makeup. And uh Tony Fields uh says, said something to him about being jewish and he said how do you know that i'm jewish and she said the hook in <laughs> his nose i most jewish people and listen i'm from new york we have lots of jews they the jews i know don't get upset about uh nose jokes listen this is not a jew face nose this is an irish face nose but you could go away it, it's my grandfather's nose my grandfather james aloysius larkin i this is his nose I got it from him. There's no doubt about this. I mean, I in my mind when I see this nose getting bigger, like a big clown nose, I think that's eh, grandpa. That's an Irish nose. And there's a, a guinea nose, Italian nose. I could say guinea because I am. I'm a I'm a, I'm a mutt, but I got it all. Anyway, you want to complain about me saying guinea. But uh, the Jews I know are not complaining about nose jokes. Believe me. So many Jewish people I know. A lot of Jewish people I know have gotten nose jobs (laughs) because it is a cultural trait. I'm not saying every Jew has a big hooked nose. (laughs) I don't think Bradley Cooper said that. But you can't just, it's like, I don't know, we're too sensitive about this stuff. Now, if you're a Jewish person out there and you're offended by Bradley Cooper saying Jew face, let me know write to me tell me exactly where why that's so because you say it all the time your friends will say it and you know and you make even if you don't if you're a jewish listen to jordan peterson coming through my my throat again what is jordan peterson doing down there probably crying anyway i probably probably crying about the wildfires in canada i don't know um (laughs) If you're a Jewish person and you're upset about the nose thing, write to me because, listen, I know some beautiful Jewish women who just don't have that nose. I know good-looking Jewish guys who don't have the Leonard Bernstein nose. But they still acknowledge that a lot of Jews do have that nose. A lot of Giddies have this nose. A lot of Irish people have this nose. (laughs) So they get mad at Bradley Cooper. Are you mad at Bradley Cooper, or do you not give a fuck? I don't give a fuck about Bradley Cooper, but it just seems like we just look for stuff to be... I mean, how did this get out anyway? Somebody had to say, wait, did he say face'? Oh, we got to get him to say that on tape. We can leak this stuff. We can cause outrage, and I should know. I should know. It's all about ratings. It's all about getting attention. It might even be somebody on his own... uh, on his own team, or something that leaked that stuff. It says, you know, you know what? They want attention. No, bad attention is good attention. Do I think uh, Bradley Cooper is anti-Semitic? I have no idea. I've never heard the man talk. of I don't know anything about his belief systems. Or uh, it'd be tough to work in an industry that where the boss is Jewish a lot of times. And being anti-Semitic, but it could listen. Mel Gibson had a great career, right? Until he exposed himself as. I don't mean exposed. He didn't pull his dick out. That's not what I mean. When he said the, you know, he went on the the anti-Jew rant when he was behind bars, drunk, in the vino, whatever they say that, you know, blaming the the wine for for what he said. Now the wine just. Loosened you up to say what you really feel, dude. Uh, anyway, I mentioned wildfire. Wildfires in Canada, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just naturally becoming Jordan Peterson, it was just scaring me. Uh, wildfires everywhere, man. But there's a town up in Canada now, what's the town's name, that is being evacuated. Uh, Canadian officials of, or of order. Evacuation of war I can't even fucking talk anymore. I didn't sleep well again because uh I was crying over uh the fact that I did not acknowledge that Scott just, that uh, Scott at least showed up. I was literally in tears over that. That I I felt so guilty. uh No, that's not true. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't feel any guilt. I'm capable. Us uh, sociopaths and and psychopaths like me, we don't feel guilt. Um, you think you think I don't feel guilt? Is that what you think? Just because I said that. Uh. Anyway, uh, Canadian officials ordered the evacuation. Uh. No, evacuation of Northwest Territories. My eyes are going too, man. Uh, I'm shot, people. I'm shot. My eyes are going. My ears are going. My dick went years ago. What what good am I? My hands don't work. I, I at this point, if anybody would like to use me as a doorstop, that's about what I'm good for. Maybe a paperweight. I don't know. You got papers you don't want blowing around you, so I'll Sit on them for you. That's how good. I, that's what I'm good for. Um, Northwest Territories, uh, capital of Yellowknife, and several small communities on Wednesday. So you know what? Wildfires everywhere. We got them in Maui. I wonder if Canada is going to send their, the, the victims of their wildfires $700 per family. I just got to say something about it because I bash Trump enough. I, I feel like I don't bash Biden enough. <laughs> and there are a few people who will defend Joe Biden over this. But most people, if you're you're rational at all, you can't... There's no defense of it. Biden has really done nothing. Words are cheap. But a president is expected to at least give the fucking victims of natural disasters hope that the federal government might help them out eventually. Say something. Go out there and, and at least... Give them a a reason to start rebuilding. A reason not to kill themselves tomorrow. Go out on television and say, you shouldn't kill yourself because we're going to help, even if that's a lie. But he hasn't done anything like that. And then what they're planning on doing is giving $700 per family. If you lost your house, three of your family members died. $700 is going to... change your life it's going to make your life better is it going to have any impact if even if you just lost your dog and i say even even if you just that's a big thing let's say you lost your pets that's and for a lot of these people in maui that's minimal to be honest it's minimal for what happened but it's a huge thing seven hundred dollars? Are you fucking kidding me? My heart broken in pieces. You gonna give me seven hundred dollars like that's gonna fix my life? I lost my house. I lost my car, my business, my dog. Seven hundred dollars. I don't know where we're supposed to get money for to to fix everything. You would think was all of you know we. I don't know seven trillion dollars on fucking military stuff. There'd be some money to help out victims of, of natural disasters beyond seven hundred dollars per family. You're never gonna you're not gonna get your house back. You're not gonna get your business back. And if you have to even if you have to bury someone. Oh God. If you have to bury someone that died in a natural disaster, seven hundred dollars doesn't cover the fucking coffin. Or the urn. Or any of it. I think cremation is like 10 grand don't quote me on that i'm not i'm not in the business but i think that's what we paid for my mom years ago so yeah yeah 700 dollars. was like you are know, fucking that's a bar tab for a night to get drinking get, get yourself good and drunk but i wonder if canada's gonna do that now oh, i mean and, and what's their dollar amount Northwest Territories, Yellowknife. I guess I'm thinking, um, and I don't know any shit about Yellowknife. I should look it up, but I'm thinking property, uh, uh, still $700 goes a long way, a lot further than it does in Maui. You would think, right? Yellowknife Canada versus Maui, Hawaii. Real estate prices or well, everything is much more expensive in Maui. Even cold coffee is more expensive in in Maui. Anyway, uh Robert's in the back. I'm gonna bring him in, but I have to get ready because I have to do this the right way. We always have to have the music and all this stuff in line. So uh let's let's see if I can pull this off on half a brain. <laughs> pulled it off on half a brain how about that not hey. bad. how are you good morning good man how about you i'm all right the voice is a little weird i don't know because Ki- kiara didn't show up at the gig last night so i had to do more backup singing than i usually do <laughs> and that and trying to sing the high notes which basically comes down to me squeezing my balls together as hard as i can uh to try to get get the notes out so <laughs> that's how i am how are you
2: Good man. Good. Yeah.
0: What's uh, what's now? Uh, are, were you aware of the Bradley Ka- uh, Cooper Face uh, uh, nose thing controversy? <laughs> no, I
2: have to look it
0: up later. It's for a movie, and he's oh. playing Leonard Bernstein. Oh uh, yeah, co- I, yeah, I
1: know
2: he was in that movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's got a big, big prosthetic nose because Leonard Leonard Bernstein had a big nose, and he's just trying to look like him. But he called it Jew face, and some people well, are
2: upset. That's about just that. that's just uh that's part of acting. That's just like if I was gonna play John Holmes, I'd have to take a penis reduction.
0: That's true. <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm just assuming that's true. For most people that's true. <laughs> now it's a tough thing this to because you know have, women have lied to you right about the all oh, your dick oh so it that's the biggest dick no have you ever gotten that like people you know a woman is lying like she thinks you're fucking huge she thinks you're John Holmes and you have to say listen I've, I've seen porn films I'm not small I'm not tiny <laughs> but I'm not don't lie to me don't tell me this is the biggest cock you've ever seen. have have, have you had that or not is it just me
2: i don't know man i'm usually drunker than they are so
0: (laughs) well you're you're tall so i i don't know if i don't know if but your hands are big right show me your hands yeah oh yeah you got a big car (laughs) (laughs) i would think i don't know if it's really it was dr dr miller who was uh rest in peace dr miller who was one of my mentors he was 84 years old and he was fucking a 23 year old uh secretary in in the hospital and he got caught turned out he was doing it with his wife like he he was having sex parties with this young girl with sorry talk about the sorry Doc. uh but uh he got suspended for that but he had other like hot he's 84 and he was 84 and had all these hot young girls and I asked one of the receptionists, I said, what? she said, have you seen that man's shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to that. The big shoes mean big dick thing. And, and uh, you know, from my experience, women don't really, not they don't really love a, a, an oversized dick, uh, like <laughs> one that's going to break them. You know, it's just the right size. Could, I had a girl tell me my, my dick was too big to, for her to come because it, it hurt.
1: <laughs> but
0: you didn't think this was co- conversation was going to go here, right?
1: Hey, man.
0: No.
2: Yeah, I take what I can get.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so you read the book, right? I didn't read the book about the I improv. Didn't, thing. I
2: didn't finish it yet, but, yeah,
0: I'm about halfway through it. No, you, did you get the physical book, or you got it online, like a PDF title? Yeah, I, I got
2: Amazon, um, the Kindle version.
0: Ah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get time to do it yesterday. I'm going to do it today. I'm interested in this. Uh, so you're about halfway through. Anything you can apply to what you do?
2: Yeah. Um, just uh, some of the stuff carries over, like the part about attitude. Uh, you, once you establish your attitude, you maintain that attitude for the entire bit. Or
0: that's that's interesting. Yeah. Attitude. Well, that's acting and.
2: Well, that's what, with stand-up, though, that's what determines your point of view. That's what makes a joke funny or not, is the is the attitude or the point of view that you take towards the topic, right? You, like if you're saying, oh, man, what about those, what, what you were just talking about, you know? What about that uh, fire relief in Hawaii, you know? You either, you hate it, you like it, you don't understand it, whatever. That's your point of view of, of how are you gonna approach
0: the, the joke or whatever? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so uh, somebody said, I think it was Craig Mitchell, and when, he said, "I what I do every morning when I when I don't have a guest is is as as improv." I, yeah. I I understand it's ad lib, but it doesn't feel like improv because I'm not acting or I'm not responding to anybody. I'm just like. Stream of consciousness, let yeah. my mouth open and. <laughs>
1: well, that's
2: a, well, yeah, that's improv too. Though it's, improv is when you don't have anything planned, you know, like like you don't have a script or or you just maybe say uh, you walk into someone else's show and they're like, hey, and you're going to be a guest. They're like, oh man, the host isn't here today. Can you run up there real quick and take over until he gets here? And you just go up and just start ad libbing, or you know, going going with the flow, or whatever. But you gotta, you, but there's still, even though it's improv, you're still.
0: You know, I feel more comfortable if I lay if if it's my scenario. No, if I'm no, the yeah, one that's
2: way to... that's the same with stand up. You want to be in control. You want to be in control when you go up there, and, and you don't want uncertainty, like. uh And that's why people shit their pants (laughs) when they get up there and something happens, like someone heckles them. The best one is when you see new guys get up there and try crowd work, and it backfires on them, and they don't know how to get out of it. Right, man. That's the best thing. That's the greatest thing to see if you're sitting in there as a comic watching the show. We
0: need a we need like a a compilation reel of like uh, guys trying to do crowd work who weren't ready for crowd work. That's what.
2: (laughs) That's kind of it's not. On my uh, YouTube shorts thing, that's what I'm doing. I'm not, sometimes I'm doing crowd work, but most of the time I'm just introducing new jokes and, and I eat shit probably 80% of the time on the jokes, man. I'm just, I, you know, it's just like I, I, I delivered a punchline and I'm just looking at the audience for like five seconds and nothing's you, happening or whatever. And that's, that's the best ba- part sometimes.
0: You should put a hashtag uh, Norton. Hashtag Nord, oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's popular in them, and he, listen, his he he's really his his bombing reels that he puts out there intentionally do really well. He does he does well. He gets a lot of attention on those. I, he enjoys that obviously because he's laughing at himself and everyone. But uh, so he has this following that is already conditioned to expect right. <laughs> Expect that, so it'd be good to put that hashtag. Well, in
2: a, a lot of times, though, when you do try to, even like when you're, you know, going back to like Ian Bag and stuff, because he's a, he's known as the 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 imp, uh, improviser and crowd work. He still has certain structure that he works within. He, he's trying to lead them into certain bits right. and certain things, and he identifies people in the audience that he thinks are going to work, and then he starts. He calls it a sitcom. Every show, he, he says he does a sitcom every show. And he picks his stars out early on of who he's going to work with. And then, he, and then he runs through his his thing. And sometimes it doesn't work right. But actually, sometimes when it doesn't work the way he wants it to, it actually turns out being funnier. Because yeah. he, he just leans into it. When it goes wrong, he just leans into it. And the thing about improv, like in this book, what he's talking about is training your mind to be open to, to whatever happens so you don't shit the bed on stage so you can <laughs> roll with it. And even if it does go wrong, you can figure a way out of it. You know, you can, you can just kind of transition out of it where it doesn't, doesn't kill the whole show or the whole scene or whatever like that. And that, and sometimes that could just even be you turning, you turning to focus on you screwing up. You yeah. see comics do that a lot of times. You go, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the jokes work a lot better when they're funny or, you know, <laughs> and you acknowledge. You acknowledge that you screwed up, and they'll usually laugh with you. And then Johnny, you...
0: Johnny Carson was great oh, yeah, with that yeah. in the mo- monologue. I mean, yeah. to, as, as, after there was a while where his monologue would just sharp and crisp, and then they started to be sucky. I don't know if it was writers or, or whatever, wow. but he, he – he embraced the sucking and wrote hey, that you know part of-
2: a couple a couple good examples. Um, if you go back about a month or so ago when John Mullaney was on Theo Vaughn, okay. For God knows why John Mullaney, oh yeah, because he had a new special, that's why he was on there. And uh anyway, he's he's renowned for his improv skills, man. And Theo starts asking him a question. And it's the usual stupid Theo questions. And it's just John Mullaney's and as you can see in his eyes, he's just like, Oh, what the fuck? But he starts improving, he just starts going yes and with Theo. And Theo doesn't have any idea. You can see Theo doesn't know what's going on.
0: He's not a he's not a bright bulb.
2: <laughs> everything, everything that Theo says, John Mullaney just rolls with it and yes and it. And it's ridiculous. The stuff he's saying is ridiculous. And Theo can't keep up. He's trying to. And you can see John Mulaney starting to back off on him. Yeah.
0: Everybody he, does that to deal. Yeah, what? But, is, what? I'm, I don't mean to sidetrack the conversation, but what but is his what is his appeal? Theo? What, why do people like? Why is he a popular comedian? Why do we know who he is?
2: Um, well, <laughs> part of, a part of it is you got to get breaks, and once again, he was on the MTV on the Road Rules. He started off on one of those shows, just like.
0: I did not know that. So
2: did Tom Segura's wife. She was on there with him.
0: Oh. Christine. Oh yeah. Didn't they have a thing? I don't. I don't
2: didn't think they didn't have it. a thing. I maybe they, maybe they did. I, yeah. They
1: made,
0: I think they maybe did. I think. Yeah. There's a clip of. Yeah. Uh, Theo Vaughn being on your mother's house. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She she said yeah. something about it, and then Tom Segura's like, "What? What about it? Yeah. Oh, he didn't know yeah. about that? Uh,
2: but somehow, uh, or another, he had his in. And then all you got to do man, is, uh. and then once again, he blew up right at, during at COVID with the podcast stuff. Yeah. Look at all these people, man, that blew up with podcasts. They get these followings. He goes and does his shows. And the thing about him, though, basically what he does on his podcast is what he does in stand-up. He just says stupid stuff. <laughs> you know, and like I said, man, I give you credit. If you can find something where you can make a living doing it, more power to you.
0: Yeah, I, I I wonder I wonder if you I like, could eat dog shit. Would that be? Yeah, great?
2: yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> like the fuck? you got you got to watch one about two weeks ago where he's got Ric Flair on there.
0: I I can't. I, I saw I saw the clip, uh, and then I I saw the, I was like I can't watch this. First of all, I'm, I'm I i can not handle. The, I saw the. Uh, Dave Schultz, where he's bashing Stossel a couple of times, beat, yeah. the, beat the hell out of Stossel the other day. And it just drives me crazy. And and what he beat Stossel up over was just Stossel saying that wrestling was staged. Of course wrestling stays. They don't want to admit that it stays still.
2: well, you know, Rick Flair t- miss it on it. He says, of course wrestling's fake. Right. He, he does this whole thing, but he, but you can still get hurt doing it. Right, of course.
0: Yeah. And there's lots, lots of injuries can happen, even if it's all uh, plotted it's out well. And But yeah, these guys scripted. are fucking huge athletes, and yeah. uh, shit can happen.
2: I don't care how scripted it is. My tall ass isn't standing up on a top rope and doing a freaking flying whatever across the ring and landing on somebody. To-
0: to be 300 pounds of fucking muscle and to be yeah. able to do things that acrobats can do is yeah. is fucking amazing. Absolutely, I mean it's worth the respect on that. So I don't know why they get that defensive, but a lot of them still do. I know Rick Flair, and there are other ones besides Rick Flair. But there was that clip. Uh, some lately, it's been like all over the stuff, but because uh, Bill Maher was trending the other day, and they pulled up the thing where Rowdy Papa, Ra- Rowdy Righty, righty yeah. Rowdy. Can't even say Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah. pulled his pants off. <laughs> he was uh, coked up. Rick yeah.
2: Flair says he was coked up and the interview says he was coked up on the, the whole, you know, a coke thing. Rowdy uh, Roddy Piper. And <laughs> he, he talks about a lot of them. Um, but you know, going back about the improv thing, uh, uh Mark Norman was on Howie Mandel yesterday or the day before on his podcast. You need to go watch that one and you'll see what I'm talking about. Mark Norman is notorious for improv. He'll just he'll just play off of words, do wordplay in regular conversations. Like you could say, I, I can't think of he, one like I that. know, I know. You could say bread. You could know, say bread to him, and he would come up yeah. with a joke about
0: it. It's unbelievable. But joke the right thing
2: now. about it is, go watch Howie Mandel about two days ago. He's had, he's doing it, but they're not landing. Like, and you can see the look in his face when he when he hit when he does it. And and Howie doesn't recognize it, or it doesn't it doesn't work, and he's just uh he's trying to go to the next one, or he's, <laughs> he's you know he he, he realizes that it, it's not working like when he's but usually when he's around the other comics and stuff like that he's saying them you know they're working they're landing, but he did a, quite a few of them man on the Howie Mandel thing, where he was just doing these wordplay things and Howie Mandel's daughter had no idea what he was talking about. And, wow. Yeah. So it it even Buddy what he didn't quit. Even though a lot of them weren't landing, he he still kept doing them. The whole that's just his thing. That's what he does. And he realizes that you know more often than not it might not work. But every now and then one of them lands. Uh, he just, just
0: keep doing. It, it. Uh, I'm curious about this. I have to go uh, see the clip for myself. But is your take on this that uh, I, I'm not asking you a bash we But is it an age and, and cultural thing? I mean boomer thing, like, people my age or older. Howie's, like, a little bit older than me, but uh the older people don't get Norman, or... No,
2: Howie Hall- got... Howie got... Yeah. He, he even commented on a few of them, uh, but Norman does a lot of that Jewish stuff, too, man. Yeah. You know, Howie's Jewish, and he'll make fun of it, too. Oh, yeah. But then, Nor- you know how Mark Norman, he goes into some edgy stuff, like the sexual stuff, and Howie's got his daughter sitting there next to him, and he, he's, uh, he's trying to explain some of the remarks to her. And yeah, like, I've he,
0: seen how yeah. Howie's podcast, and I do think he uh, he belittles, he belabors the point, and, and you know, for, he, he doesn't, he underestimates the audience and he underestimates the listener and basically has to explain everything his guest talks about. Yeah. He did one with Jay Leno where it was one question uh, that he wanted to ask him, but it took like fifteen minutes just yeah. to uh, clarify all the reasons yeah. he was asking and all. So yeah, but I
2: think uh, yeah, because I think he's got a, a split audience. I think he's got the people that watch him on uh, America's Got Talent and that yeah. knew him as a comic back in the eighties and the seventies and the nine, and then he's also got current comedy fans to watch it for the same reason they might watch. Um, some other older comment is because they want to see Mark Norman being interviewed, or They want to see, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? They yeah. watch him for the guests. They watch yeah. him for the guests. So maybe he just in the back of his mind, he's sitting there thinking, yeah, well, I got to explain this because some of the stuff Martin Norman says, shit, it takes me a couple seconds to catch up with him.
0: He's he's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, probably the most prolific songwriter, uh, uh joke writer I've ever seen. I, Cause I've seen, where he he's releases these reels where he's just doing that give me a word and and people are shouting stuff up and he's making jokes up writing jokes on the fly
2: well he's got a, Fucking he's got incredible a, yeah he, and that's improv that's where he's playing he's taking what all improv is is where you you're listening to what the other person's saying and you take what they say and you play off of what they just said without right. without i mean he can't be thinking that up in his head because he says it within a second or two after it comes out of their mouth. So that's his, that's the way he's, he says he's ADD, you know, and, and but that's the way his mind works is it's always, it's never stops. You know, he's just, you can tell that when he's, when you watch him, he can't sit still. He, you know, he's just, Yeah, it, it's just, his mind is just like, you know, the whole time, man,
0: he's he's, he's always looking up to It's uh, Something up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but
2: there's a, When I I find it, I'll send it to you. I've seen it about two or three times. There's some kid, he's doing comedy, like he just started doing comedy, but he has a podcast, and he talks about how to write jokes, and he has Mark Norman on there about once every month or so, and they'll just write a joke. They spend the whole hour trying to write a joke. Like He'll Uh come up with a premise that he has, and then Mark Norman will say, well, here's something I came up with the other night, and they'll go back and just – Talking. Oh, that's
0: cool. I would that's love. Cool. Yeah, it. it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, I told my brother <clears throat> that he needs to follow you and, and, start, and go to a couple of, of your shows when when you're in the area. And and I made the mistake of he said, "Who's Robert Taylor again?" I said, <laughs> "I said he's an ex marine. What the no such thing as an ex marine?" And I had to listen to that whole fucking thing for a while. But then I. <laughs> The lecture the marine lecture then I, I I mentioned uh that you were a triathlon he goes oh he's a real marine <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, so,
2: hey Lee so, Harvey Oswald was not a real marine
0: yeah uh how long were you in the Marines for uh, three years oh just three years yeah I think that's what he did too but he, it's got he, he does he's definitely um I don't know. Defensive and or gets upset about the words like ex marine. It's got former marine, whatever. You're always, once a marine, you're always a marine. <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah, uh, I got that show coming up this weekend for the veterans show or whatever. I'm I do too.
0: What's that? I do too. I have. A, we have a. Uh, a band thing that we, the full band, cause generally I play at the VA when I played the VA, I played solo yeah. acoustic stuff, but this week we have a outdoor show for the vets on Saturday. We have a double. We have to go set up quick, play a show for the vets. And I'm wondering like, what what's this weekend? I thought maybe there was some significance to this weekend or something. Why? Cause there's a lot of things going on at, at the VA, uh, shows well, and stuff like that.
2: I don't know. Maybe that's why they're having the one this weekend where I'm going to. Yeah. Usually November's the big month. Yeah. Veterans Day. Right. We we do
0: Veterans Day shows uh, every year, like generally around Veterans Weekend now. Everything's a weekend. But we'll do like three or four different facilities for veterans.
2: Yeah. Stuff. I'm starting to, I got, I got this bid I do on the Marine Corps. So I'm starting to expand it out now. Cause I get to do, I'm doing more time. I get to do longer sets now, so I can work the stuff out.
0: Yeah, Camp but, Le- Camp Lejeune, where's that? Do you know?
2: North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I'm getting emails about.
2: That's where that's where the, that's where the uh, commercials on TV about the water.
0: Ah, Camp Lejeune water. I'm getting emails about uh, like special events for vets down there, like shows and stuff.
2: Well, I did. I did that one show in Fayetteville. That's not too far. It's in camp was in Jacksonville, North Carolina.
0: Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so bottom line, the way brother my my brother will be looking at your dates, and if you have anything in Raleigh, Durham, he's probably gonna come see you.
2: Yeah, I think uh, right now, I mean, I might book something pretty soon, but next time I'll be over that way for sure. Is I'll be in Wilmington. Uh, I think maybe one or so, but listen to this, man. I, I was telling you a while back, but I did the shows for this one lady up in Charlotte. She books the comedy zone in Charlotte and all that. I've been trying to get in with her and I did those shows for her, and I haven't heard from her by a couple months. I wake up this morning, it's like seven o'clock. I got a freaking message. She asked me, she wants to know if I want to be on a show next week, next Thursday night at the comedy zone.
0: Very cool.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm flying out next Thursday to go to Portland, Maine. Right. So I mess I had a messenger back. I said, hey, I'd love to be on the show, but I am flying out that afternoon to go to Portland Comedy Festival or whatever. I'm like, keep me in mind. You uh, know, that's where you want to get in out there, man.
0: Wow. say so you're flying to Maine, are you going on Breeze Airlines? Well yeah.
2: American. <laughs>
0: no. Well, breeze has this thing uh 39 dollars one way <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: you, you, you gotta get back you probably don't, they probably don't come back
0: <laughs> yeah <You know, laughs> my brother said it was an hour flight uh, and it was really good he said and he he's a complainer and he didn't complain at all i guess it's being cheap <laughs> he's not cheap but i mean the price of the you ticket was cheap enough that it you
2: remember back in the um in the 80s mid 80s early mid 80s that airline people express
0: yeah 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 you didn't that.
2: even pay until you got on a plane right you, you check your luggage in at the luggage you got on they gave you a ticket you got on the plane and they came to, down the aisle with that cart thing like the drink cart and you paid for your you paid for your ticket on the plane and if you had a bet you paid three dollars a bag
0: right
2: yeah man kind of like the old
0: train Long Island Railroad you used to you'd just go in and take your yeah. seat. The conductor would come by and you'd give him yeah. cash out of your pocket.
2: It was $99 one way anywhere in the U.S.
0: I remember that briefly. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Ask them. <laughs> right. A lot, lots of that stuff. Uh, I might, I'm leaning uh, back towards going to Bisbee. Here's the thing, though um, my airport, Islip Airport, does not go to Tucson or Phoenix ever. There's no way you can go. They stopped going there. And so in order to go to Tucson or Phoenix, I have to go to JFK, New York City, which is – it's not a deal breaker, but it's something I don't want to do. Uh, but I, I don't know because I haven't traveled in a while. I don't know if I should play the game. Um, the game, means – don't buy the tickets. Don't buy the plane tickets until like the week of and then try to get a cheap deal on last-minute yeah, 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 flights. Do.
2: That doesn't really work a lot because every flight I've been on in the last year or two has been overbooked. Every flight. They, really? They, just, they jam the flights up because they're cutting back on the number of flights because they don't have pilots, right?
0: Right. So you could I'm not but I think the reason, I I, 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 maybe we're putting cause and effect in the wrong order, and maybe I am. But I would think the reason it's packed is because they're doing a lot of those last minute sales. Like, yeah.
2: maybe I don't know, but I'd yeah. be the one that, if I took the risk. I'd be the one sitting my ass at the airport watching that plane take off. Well,
0: that's what it sucks if I go if I go and pre book the uh, the trailer park, Shady Dell. Uh, b- book a, a trailer for myself down there for the show and book that. And then I can't get a flight because I, I, I boxed myself out. That would really suck. Uh, so that's why I, I, that's my only uh, thing right now is do I book it now? My wife is my wife wants me out of the house. I think she's got a boyfriend or something. Uh, <laughs> she just wants to get rid of me for a couple of days. I, I don't blame her. I would want to get rid of me too for longer than a couple of days. But so uh, I'm very much leaning towards going to Bisbee. For one comedy show, not really for the comedy show. I want to, uh, the Shady Dell has a, a significance to me. I want to, it's, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it, but. um When are, so, when are you supposed to go there? uh September 15th. The shows, uh, it's uh Billy Wayne Davis, Andy Andrus, and Christine Levine are doing shows the 14th and 15th, one, 14th in Tucson, and the 15th in the Shady hey, Dell in Bisbee.
2: Listen. Here's what you do. Fly, fly to Tucson or wherever you got to fly to to go to Bisbee. Do that, right? And right. Then come, up, then come up to Vegas for the World Series. It starts the seventeenth.
0: Oh, oh. You see, but that. I have I have a gig on the seventeenth. Oh, yeah? On Sunday afternoon, uh, I have to be back in New York. It's a pretty big gig too. It's uh it's um. It's not a fall festival, but it's in in it's it's some kind of festival. We play it every year, family festival or something. But there's like a hundred and eighty thousand people that go between Friday and Sunday. We are the closing act every year, and there there will definitely be like ten fifteen thousand people yeah. in the park for for the show. It's a big thing, so I got to be back for Sunday. Then I could go on back to Vegas. But well, yeah, uh, that's really complicated thing. It
2: lasts all week, like it lasts from the. The actual seminars and all that kind of stuff don't start until Monday, and then it lasts all the way through Saturday.
0: You know, um, but but it's not like Bisbee is close to Vegas either. That's a long drive. You, know
2: what? you could probably fly. From yeah, pretty, from pretty close.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, probably. You, to Austin, I, Vegas. you know, Vegas. I could fly directly to Vegas from here, no problem. Yeah, problem. Yeah, Tucson yeah. is the problem. I have to go to JFK. I'm gonna have to bite the bulletin because Now you know, I hate to do dis- you know, people I, cause I've said I was gonna go to the Panamint party a couple of years and then I, I said, uh, nah, it's not worth it. Uh in the back of my mind, this is crazy it's a crazy idea to go out just for a day or two. Uh just to because I want to get some video in, in the trailer park. Because it's it's got this like classic retro Americana feel to it. that yeah. is it's just like fucking magical. And I want to be there. I've written a song. It's about a suicide, about a girl who commits suicide. There, <laughs> I feel like I have a, a an obligation to at least visit the park and get some video there for for the video I want to put together for the song.
2: You know what's weird, man? Like I lived in San Diego all those years, and I, I grew up here, and like here, you know, is bad mouth trailer living in trailer parks and stuff. But in San Diego, you you ever seen those trailer parks in San Diego? These these things are nicer than freaking neighborhoods, man.
0: There is a senior citizens trailer park here that is five star. It's it's a fucking it's amazing. It's a resort. It's 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 something that and
2: there's one one in San Diego on Mission Bay, right down at Mission Bay Park. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. It's nice as shit.
0: Yeah. Up here, it's on the Long Island Sound, and it's it, it they got a golf course, you know. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. It's like it's a, re- a great place to go if you're going to retire and you're downsizing, and you know what? The older you get, and I'm going to face this today after we get off the air. I got to go mow the lawn. I got to go move fucking ten yards of dirt. Uh, <laughs> it's. You know, I'm too old for that fucking crap. man. Live oh. in a trailer park, and they'll, they'll take care of all of that for you. but well, they not... don't
2: have grass. They don't have grass out there either. In Arizona, they just put rocks.
0: Rocks, yeah. You
2: know, zero skate. That's what they call it. I'm
0: not. I'm not one of the people who badmouth all trailer parks, but there are. There are some pretty scummy redneck white <laughs> trash trailer parks in America, uh, and I've seen people who live in those too. Uh, and I've I've been in that world when there was a lot of that in New Mexico. I mean, yeah. New Mexico is full of poverty. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, you know, uh, it looks like I'm going to be uh, I don't want to commit. I have commitment problems. Commitment is I never knew I had commitment issues. Uh, not in terms of relationships, but of booking flights. I have a commitment issue. I'm a,
2: that's my problem. Is I'm the opposite. Like, I'll freaking commit in a heartbeat, and then when it gets time to, for me to have to go off, I'm like, damn.
0: That's why, me with why gigs. Did I, why did I do that? Yeah, that's yeah. me with gigs. That's what I was talking about earlier. Every gig, I'm thinking, the date of the gig. I take it, as soon as the booking agent called me or somebody said, got a gig on this day? Yes. I say yes immediately without even thinking about it. And then the day comes, it's like, I don't want to fucking do this. <laughs> I drive out an hour and a half for this cheesy little gig that's, you know. And hey. I... I Bad-mouthed you know, in my head.
2: Well, before I forget, we, we were talking one show before about, um I think J.P. Leonard, maybe it was when J.P. Leonard was on there, talking about sometimes you just got to do shit, even though you might not want to do it or might not see any value in it, because you don't ever know. right? Yeah. You don't ever know. And I went to San Diego twice. Like, uh I went last December, and then I went the march of 22 right when i was out there in march of 22 i had just like sent videotapes out and i was and i just showed up at open mics met people while i was there and i did some shows and met some people and so when i went the second time in december already you know i had some shows set up and i knew people and uh i hung out with a lot of those same people again and met some new people and so, anyway, the night before I was leaving, this one, well, working back before, I went to do a open mic at this place called um, Madhouse Comedy down in the Gas Lamp District, big comedy club down. There. And uh, when I first, the first time I did it, the open mic, I was 63rd out of 65 people, right? And I'm like, damn, man. So <laughs> I, but I did a show at another place, a showcase, we wanted a host. was. we were talking and stuff. So when I was leaving, uh, the last time, the night before I was leaving, I get a text. And he's like, hey man, I'm hosting tonight. I know you're leaving tomorrow. If you want to get some stage time tonight, just stop by and I'll put you up when you get here. So I went from being 63rd out of 65 to just stop in and I'll put you up, right? This guy messaged me uh, this past weekend. He says, hey, I'm now booking at a mad house booking shows at Madhouse Comedy Store. If you give me a two month notice, I'll put I can put you on shows.
0: Wow, like.
2: yeah. So just that,
0: yeah, good. You know, just take, take advantage of opportunities, and you never know. And yeah, I mean now that we uh for me i we are booking lots and most of our work is private parties private affairs all that comes from gigs that we didn't want to do where we're passing out people ask for cards and then they yeah. end up you know yeah end up booking that stuff so yeah yeah there's complete value in doing the shit you don't want to do i get that but what that doesn't change your mind that. On the moment of getting yeah, yeah, getting yeah. in the shower, you're just telling yourself, yeah. I don't, why did I say yes to this? I don't need this money. Why the fuck did I <laughs> Yeah,
2: And I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times, man, I've showed up at a place that I've never been to before. And I'm looking, and I'm going, and I'm like, God damn. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm, you know, I'm just sitting here and it actually turns out to be a good show. Yeah. You know, it,
0: yeah. I'm, I almost I'm, got to the point where I, I lie to myself.
2: Yeah,
0: telling myself it's going to be a bad show, so that it, it's a better show.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, know. A, I mean, you never, you never know. Yeah. Uh, who, you, you know? It's like when I told you, I, I did uh My son was with me, and I did this showcase at this place called Universal Bar and Grill in North Hollywood. I had done it before I sent a video out and I did it and it turned out to be a great show. So I, we were going out and I was doing a show in Hollywood on a Monday night, like at 10 o'clock. And I remembered that other show at Universal Bar Grill was at seven. So I messaged Chris, the host. I said, Hey man, I'm going to be up there. Can I get on the show? He said, yeah. So I took my son. I was telling my son about how cool it was the last time and stuff like that. It's like a dive bar, man. We showed up. There was nobody there but the bartender and maybe the five other, six other comics and my son, right? And that was it, man. And it was shit, Shut. But the last person who went up was Barry Sobel, right? And through that, me showing up there, I met wow. Barry Sobel. And I Barry hooked me up with this guy. And then I got to end up doing a tour on the East Coast. With Taylor Clark, the skateboard comic, comic for an entire week from Florida all the way up to North Carolina, wow. just because, just because I did that show in that bar. That I'm- so let that
0: be a lesson to you, young folks. Do do everything. Don't tell, you know? I was thinking about the power of yes. Yeah, I had a, ma- a model on, oh, a gorgeous girl from Australia, Maddie Fogg, and her. She she wasn't promoting anything. She wasn't selling anything. She just wanted to talk about the power of yes because she became a supermodel by a guy who was just saw her walking by on the beach and, and asked her if she wanted to be a model, and she, yeah. she had never thought of that. She said yes to it. Now she's a world-famous model, traveling the world, living kind of in Hawaii, based out of Hawaii. I wonder, I don't uh, just thinking about people in Hawaii. But she was talking about the power of yes, and then yesterday, I don't know if you caught the show, Frankie Ray uh, she was talking about, she, you know, she was going to graduate school. She had no plans on being a musician. Her, the drummer said, do you want to do a gig tomorrow night? And she said yes to it without, you know, yeah. without hesitation. And now her life is just that. And so just saying yes to opportunities or yes to things can lead you to places that you never thought you'd be. And I think I need to hear myself saying that more because I mean, I say yes to gigs all the time, yeah. but most other kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's somebody like, says you want to do this. I'm like, no.
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm like that too, and I, I but I try more and more. I'm trying to make myself uh, be available.
0: Yeah. For,
2: for shit, and sometimes in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to do that, man. Right. You know, like, uh you know, what else am I gonna do? Yeah. You know, that's a good really point. What everything. else are
0: you gonna do? because I get offered these networking things and it just sounds like I don't want to go see all these people who are just about social handshakers and people who smile on your face and just you know it's all about pressing the flesh but those people I have to admit those people are some of the most successful people no matter what field they're in those people who are they get out there and just meet people because Mary Brunetti who was a superstar hairdresser (laughs) you yeah. <laughs> i'll talk about that some other time about how many millionaire hairdressers are multi-millionaire hairdressers. Right. mary Bernetti has a uh she's one of you she has a uh motto people lead to people so meet people because they'll you never know who they'll lead you to who will be a really a positive effect on your life and well so- that,
2: that's the same thing as uh, i don't know if i'm gonna be Picked into 101 for the World Series of Comedy, but I'm sitting there thinking, well, what, so what? You know, if I, there's still, I can meet people, I can network,
0: yeah, I can yeah. Meet all
2: these bookers, I can still do shows that aren't part of the World Series if I don't get picked in it.
0: You get, you see, one, you meet one comic who
2: one person, man. It only yeah. takes one freaking person to say, hey, man, would you like to open for me? It yeah. only takes one.
0: Exactly.
2: The one thing I can say unequivocally, I can say that anyone who's ever offered me a chance to do a show for me or whatever has always asked me to come back again. Everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, I was thinking about that too because I I deal with imposter syndrome a lot and a lot of insecurities and stuff like that. But on my way to the gig Sunday, which is a fill-in gig for Brother Dave, uh, because every time I go there, I'm full with insecurity. And then it dawned on me, they keep hiring me back. They keep wanting me back. They They could say no. And at this point, I think they're actually thinking about replacing the guy with me, which is and I, I don't know where i
1: would like, on that.
2: they say they say stand-ups are the least confident people in entertainment yeah, like, yeah. You, you have a great show and wake up the next morning you're like damn man that you worry oh. about net, you worry about the, net, the show you're gonna do that night yeah
0: they, I, I in the car on the way home i'm like that yeah. i don't even need yeah. to wake up the next day i'm like you know, I could fuck up one little thing. Last night, I would think I just kept reliving one mistake I made on guitar last night, and yeah. the audience didn't hear it. I don't even think the band members heard heard it. But I do, that.
2: I do that. every freaking show. Like, like I lately I've been doing these twenty minute sets, and I'll get done, and it never fails. I'll get done. And I'm sitting there thinking something wasn't right. Something didn't seem right. Something. Was, and in my head, I'll keep going. To, until I can realize, realize that I, I forgot to do two jokes or I forgot. I, it never fails. It'll drive me crazy, too, that I yeah. forgot to do two new jokes or two, you know, I, I forgot something, yeah. even though I could say you know, it's like, which is good, I, I guess, in a way that you always you realize that it's never perfect, that never you can worse. always get better.
0: Yeah, yeah but Bob also, Ross used to say, I, I hope you're plagued with dissatisfaction because it'll keep you doing it. Uh, well, you know.
2: but in stand-up, though, what happens a lot, well, with me, is I always keep – I have to catch myself because I start deconstructing jokes. <laughs> Think, oh, I can get that. Oh, that can be better. And next thing you know, it's not even funny. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell, man? I'm like, what the hell did I do? Yeah. It, it, because you, sometimes you just got to leave it alone.
1: You
0: know. Yep. David Wilcox has a song called "Leave It Like It Is." It's about he said uh, um, a uh, paint jar spilled off the table and, and splattered on the floor and on the on the walls and everything. And instead of like freaking out about it, he just painted a frame about it. And then people wanted to come over and see this like kitchen that was avant garde painted. And so it's, it's "Leave It Like It Is." Never mind the turpentine; it's fine. Yeah, uh, it really good good song and and it, a lot of of that meaning it's about basically leave it like it is man don't overwork it don't overthink it sometimes the most beautiful art happens by accident and if it does don't try to improve it <laughs> yeah a, and a, a that's the thing same away. thing
2: too so that's the same thing too with comedy sometimes it'll be an accident yeah. you know but then you you get all called up and think, oh man well I can expand that out I can I can build that out. This is gonna be great. And next thing you know, it's not even funny. You're like, what? Doc? How did I screw that up? Yeah. You know? It's, and I, for me, some of my favorite jokes from other comics are the simplest. Like Norm Macdonald. Most of Norm McDonald's funniest shit is just this simple. It's some of the simplest stuff that you know. You know, Jesus Christ, that's funny, but that's simple. Yeah. You know, it's so freaking simple. so yeah we overcomplicate shit a lot
0: of times now um i don't know if i shared this and we should wrap this up but i I shared this on on twitter i don't know if i shared it with you with people on facebook and i don't think i ever see you on twitter but the i last week when greg charlie was on i had alluded to mitch Hedberg when he was first starting off that was a different mitch Hedberg. i found that clip and i shared it on uh on twitter have you ever seen that it's with janine garofalo and mitch hedberg It's doing the same kind of humor but he's not doing it with the same personality it's like a different mitch hedberg and it's 1995 it wasn't i mean it wasn't like it was right. when it was first starting out just weird to me it's like what happened what it's a really strange clip i'll tr- i'll share that with you know to, yeah, to have it. check
2: that out it could be who knows, man? You know what he was into?
0: It could have been... Uh, he didn't seem drugged up. He, yeah. seemed, he He wasn't wearing sunglasses, which is usually he because he you had... Know why, re- you know
2: why he wore sunglasses,
0: don't you? Yeah, because he was uh, incredibly shy and didn't want yeah. to see people. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This was bright-eyed, straight Mitch Hedberg doing the same humor without the voice, without the over-exaggerated voice that he, you know, when, when you think, of, maybe Bigfoot is blurry. That uh, he wasn't doing any of that. Uh, and, and was it before he started doing it like that? Or was it? I don't know. I don't know if he, if that's what I asked Chelly. Chelly didn't know anything, he didn't know what I was referencing. I that did send it to sense. him.
2: See, that would make sense if it was before. Right. But if it was after he started doing like that, then that's why I'm saying something had to be up for him to not have those glasses on and not to have that same attitude.
0: Wow, Ian pointed out something. He said he didn't have a microphone in his hand in the clip. Maybe that's why he sounded weird. That's true. He didn't have a microphone. He had a a lavalier mic on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, but to me, it was just like, it's something worth noting, and nobody really ever mentioned it before, so I thought it was worth bringing up, and Chaley didn't know what I was talking about. Um, So but i do think 95 was after he had already had that persona would you that's what yeah, kind of it been, well that would
2: yeah that would have been
0: the same time he did the uh the special with uh with stanhope the uh california roll-up thing that they're in and stanhope's wearing the, the santa claus hat in that one and oh. Uh, They both, you know, Mitch was Mitch then, and that was 1995 too. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. You know, for him not to have those glasses on and whatever. If it was after, he already had.
0: I'll send you the clip. I'll send you a clip. Take a look at it and let me know what you think. You got anything coming up this weekend you want to let people know about?
2: You got the veterans. The veterans show Saturday night. Uh, at the Elks Club in Anderson, South Carolina.
0: Is that open to the public or? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's on my. It's posted on my website. And uh, then next week, I, next week, I'll... Next, next week, week, you go I'll to Portland.
0: Be, Me. I'll be
2: Portland Com- Me and Dusty Slay will be at the Portland Comedy Festival.
0: You know, I'm seeing a lot of him. I'm well, you, maybe because the algorithm just figured out that I like him yeah, or whatever. Yeah,
2: probably. But I'm, I'm going to ask him if I... When I see him, when that special's coming out, he's trying to shop it around. I think to get yeah. a good deal on it, or to try uh, to figure out if he's going to put it out on YouTube or not. But yeah, t- tell tell him him, man,
0: I'll buy him a new hat if he comes on the show. Tell him that. I, gonna,
2: I have my, I have hats. I was going to take him one, but mine are. He likes that freaking. He, you know what? The hats he likes are the ones you buy at fucking Seven Eleven. The ones Hank does freaking hats that they make in china for like 50 cents a piece or whatever.
0: right yeah yeah, yeah.
2: that's what he wears i'm like my hats are too good for that i'm like he won't wear one of mine <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's not a comedy hat it's just a from my coaching right thing or whatever like that but i thought about that i see him wearing those hats the ones he wears are the ones people give him like uh some auto parts place or
0: yeah, I would. I would give him a mind dog he, TV. He'd probably one.
2: wear one if it was the right hat, the right kind he likes. He'd probably wear it.
0: Oh, but I don't have time. Maybe I have time to make one up and get it to you to bring to to this show with the important. I'll see today if I can have a hat made up to, for you to give Dustin. Dustin <laughs> for next week. Uh, you should uh, try to get him on the podcast. He might that's want what I'm to- saying, man. I, I, I will, Yeah, I definitely want to get him on. He's he's a cool guy to talk to, especially now because he's about to pop. Get those guys before they're about to pop, and then they be, they remember you when, after. Yeah, when well, he he's got a, he's
2: got a big agent and everything now too.
0: Yeah, Tommy Chong will be with me. By the way, I'm going to keep promoting. September eighth, Friday, September eighth. Tommy's coming on the morning show. May have a surprise for you. A, a surprise guest uh, come along on that. You oh, really? Probably guess who it is. <laughs> i mean who else might it be yeah. uh but so i'm excited for that one and i have some other things uh for for big comedians now last night when i got home from the gig the booking calendar booking requests probably seven of them from like oh, it just happened in flourish but i'm getting a lot of these health authors you know these yeah. people uh, and my instinct is to say you know that's not really for the morning show but then i'm thinking Well, if I just goof it up, let them be serious, talk about their book, and i just be like the goofy jerk. And that could still make the uh, segment worthwhile. So I have said yes to just about everybody who's requested. (laughs) But I'm kind of telling them, like, the morning show is not the author shows that I – I'm trying to get away from doing the author shows at at night. I want to escape that and just have the morning show. And, but the morning show is different. You can plug your book you and come on here. You can try to reach uh, whatever little audience I have, but, um, you, you know, I, I don't want to sit there and like go through the whole yeah. I'm done. I'm done with the whole, uh, author experience. Tell me why, you know, all those dopey questions you have to ask. Authors. Yeah. Hey, did
2: you ever get in touch with Jackie?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, no, I didn't get in touch with him, but I've, I've, I've seen some things. He's got a gig coming up this weekend, which I think is probably why he texted me. He wanted to come on. But he, here's the thing. I didn't want to go here because I'm bashing Jackie now. <laughs> I, don't, I I love Jackie. It's not Jackie. It's Zinn. The guy who Zinn used to be, uh, he was trying to use this program to... Uh, boost his own little live stream of consciousness, uh, podcast, which is all about, you know, Kumbaya and, uh, then got excommunicated from the mind dog TV world, but he is the producer of Jackie's podcast, stand up memories. And I'm noticing like every guest I have, he's kind of like going after after, after he sees them on here. Oh, that would be a good one. Let me get, he's booking all these guests. Like he just had, uh, Victor, Betta uh, the potato
2: yeah he to uh, be he, here
0: next He just week. had him this week it's like you know what you're watching my show and you you're just kind of um, still trying to piggy bank yeah for of me and i don't i know jackie's probably not aware of that but it, it, it bothers me a little bit i can't i can't lie hey, there,
2: so. um jackie's um burt kreiser podcast hasn't dropped yet has it
0: no, I, I haven't seen it come out yet. And I asked Bert about it, and he didn't give me an answer. Yeah, I think he was surprised that I knew about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, you know. And Jackie, when he sends me pictures like that, he doesn't want me to actually kind of yeah uh, be posting them and talking about it. But you know, I think he was excited to be on. Uh, I would be too. I would be, if I were on the bird even, uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Bert Kreischer, but if two hours on his podcast could definitely get you know, a lot of exposure. And, you know, that's what Jackie's in it for. Like, like letting people know he's still alive, still performing. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I think uh, if, if there's some, something weird in the air between me and Jackie. And I don't know what it is, but <laughs> well, well, I'll get to the bottom of it. Maybe, you know what? i know he's friends with anthony, anthony Cumia, and he knows i, I oh, really yeah. don't like anthony cool yeah <laughs> anyway i'm gonna let you go and then i'm gonna wrap up uh thank you for your service and all that so i gotta find the music to go to let you out of here i can't just let you go uh have a good one man and uh we'll, we'll talk to you soon
2: bye. all right man. take care all right, bye.
0: One of the things, if you're gonna ever become a uh, contributor to this program, is you get your own little theme music and your own little intro and outro. So, uh, uh, what is this? Anthony of the Count, he bited. What? What? What, is, what does that mean? And I don't know what that means. Uh, he he bited. <laughs> he bit. What do you mean? Uh, I don't know anything about that. All I know is uh, Kumia is um, a racist, He might be a pedophile. <laughs> Not a pedophile. He, he likes young girls, and he held that one girl hostage or something and pleaded guilty to it. But he's got this attitude of just, you know, far-right-wing extremist. Although, I have to say, recently I've seen some things that he's posted that i actually agreed with and it started to kind of you know i ha it always throws me for a loop when people who are diametrically opposed to things i am for and and then all of a sudden they're saying stuff i agree with i'm like am i changing or is he anyway um that's a blah bitty, blah 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 moment for you i'm gonna go to that. i didn't even play any sponsors. oh what is uh uh you know saying he bit a young woman on the hand during it so oh oh well if he bit her on the neck i could see you calling him the count uh yes he pleaded guilty to biting the hand now was it the hand that feeds him Not well, just bite the hand that feeds you um but that's not vampirism. vampirism vampirisms for the you know thyroid or whatever something in the neck <laughs> something in the neck i don't know why the blood is better from the neck They always say it's better from the neck. i don't know do they always say that i'm just talking i gotta get out of here i gotta go mow and move dirt which which would you prioritize the moving of the dirt or um the mowing i think i have to mow first and then move the dirt mowing is easier anyway my texts are going crazy right now the band apparently I don't know. There's another gig that just came up or something. People asking, ah, I got to go check what that is. Then I got to go mow and move. Uh, don't have a guest book for tomorrow. Or unless I, I might. Actually, I'm waiting on hearing back from somebody. And that would be a good show. So as usual, I'm leaving you with a, a cliffhanger. Will there be a show tomorrow? Will I show up? At least I showed up. Like Scott wants me to let you know. That at least he showed up. Until tomorrow, I want you to remember that whenever I show up, you should turn on your radio. Bye for now.